This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Discover the all-new Renault Arcana at Blackstone Motors that comes with a five-year warranty. Call us now to arrange a test drive or visit blackstonemotors.ie for more details. You're very welcome to Late Lunch this Tuesday afternoon. My first guest is standing by and when I think of Natalie Kelly, I remember the first time I met her here on the show many moons ago and her telling me her story about what she went through in terms of her spine and the pain she experienced, the operation she had, her children who are miracles, her first day in the bank when the bank was robbed. Those things are all fresh in my mind even though it's quite a time ago. Look, we've spoken subsequently since, and she's just the loveliest person you could ever meet. And she's back with me today for another very special reason. Natalie, welcome back to Late Lunch. Thanks, Jerry. Don't half embarrass me or anything. <laughs> Not at all. Yours is one story that always stays. It is true, isn't it? The first day you went to work in the bank, it was robbed. Yeah, held at gunpoint my first day. Yeah, that's true. Isn't that unbelievable? Just many of the uh, of the uh, things that have happened to you during your, during your lifetime. But look, we'll get back to a bit of that in a moment. But uh, first off, I want you to tell our listeners the pandemic has been, I don't have to say it goes without saying, a shocking time for almost everybody, really everybody, every family, every person. And so many lives have been lost. And Natalie, continue to be lost as we even speak here today. But you and your Drogheda Dolls group have come up with this absolutely lovely idea. Tell our listeners what you're doing. So back, I think it was around August um, and I I had a chance encounter with a painter who was in my house and he was telling me at the time that his mum had died of COVID and he was um, walking through the town several days later and he heard somebody saying, oh, only one dead today. And um, it caught him, you know, because that one person, it could have been the figure, could have been his mum. And it was a life like it's not just a number. And we got very much about the figures, I think. Mm. So I was that night I was thinking in bed and I was like, well, it's really a life that has been the light has gone out for that life. Like, you know, um, during the pandemic and whether it was COVID or mental health or loneliness or, you know, an illness like cancer. Um, so I put it to the group. It kept coming back to my head the whole time, like about putting a light for every life on St. Peter's Steps in West Street in Drogheda and just to highlight that each life mattered. So um, I put it to the group like after a bit of guts and talking myself into it and everybody loved the idea. Um, I think 
the main reason for putting it up was, I suppose, the last act of respect and kindness to a person is their funeral, is their, you know, the remembrance service or whatever it may be to say goodbye to that person. And a lot of that was taken away from people during the COVID um, where funerals were reduced to maybe 10 people. Mm. Um, you couldn't hug a person. You couldn't really say goodbye to somebody properly or have a wake or, you know, the last acts of, I don't know, humankind yes. and, you know, hum- human kindness, I suppose. So um, I put it to the great and all the dogs thought it was a really good idea. And within five hours, we had enough money to buy um, 9,000 candles. And it's for all the lives lost during the pandemic. Um, There's going to be uh, a candle for, uh, sorry, 500 candles for each step. And there is 14 steps. And then there's kind of like a middle part of the um, steps in St. Peter's. And there will be more candles there as well. So it totals 9,000 candles, which represents um, all the lives lost during the pandemic. And just to pay respects for the loved ones that have gone during this time. And, and does that, that 9,000 is uh, above and beyond those who've lost their lives from COVID? Well, like Michael D. Higgins, I believe that Ireland has, the figure is the eight, over the 8,000. It's all of Ireland. Yes. And then I suppose the extra 1,000 uh, Pieta House lent me 1,000 candles. And those candles represent, they'll be in the middle and they'll represent all the people that died from mental health issues, um, you know, loneliness, sitting in a, a nursing home with no visitors, broken hearts, um, other illnesses such as cancer, our yeah. good friend and doll Eileen, like all a candle represents all them. So it's not just for COVID victims, yes. it's for all because these people like think of the memories they would have had and made if COVID wasn't here in those two years. They mm. deserve this and they deserve the town to pay respects to them yeah. in this way. And by doing this vigil, I feel Oh, it's a beautiful idea, I have to say. So these 9,000 candles represent the lives lost through COVID and other illnesses over the term of the pandemic from March 2020 to the present day. So it's the steps of St. Peter's Church right in the heart of Drogheda, the cathedral, as I call it myself. And I know the steps and I never realised there were so many that now till you tell me. So it will accommodate the 9,000 candles. But Natalie, you're doing this Thursday and Friday, this Thursday and Friday evening. Yeah, so while it is on the steps of St. Peter's Church and a big shout out to um, the Archdeacon and um, the uh, John Taff, who's the deacon there of the church for allowing this to go ahead. Um, it's not necessarily a religious ceremony. It's mm. not going to be where there is a particular time of the vigil. It will run um, from half eight at night until half ten, as in the candles will be all lit during that time. Mm. And people can come and pay their respects. Um, Townies have uh, come forward and very, very kindly they have sponsored the event as well and they have donated some condolences books, which I hope that people will put the names of the loved ones that they lost in. Mm. And then perhaps we can, you know, present them to the mayor or, you know, something like that at yes. a later date in memory of those of the um, people that died during the pandemic. Um but uh, there will be condolences books there and there'll be soft music playing um, and Katani's have kindly provided a microphone as well. So if anyone, like a few of the ladies want to say a poem about their loved ones or sing a song. So it's very much like um, 
I suppose the steps are a focal point, but it's a non-religious event as well as yes. being a religious for anyone who is religious, if you yes. know what I mean. Yes. But um, it is just there from half eight to half ten on Thursday this week and Friday this week. So, so two anybody, special hours each evening, half eight to half yeah. ten, Thursday and Friday. It's open to anybody to come along from anywhere around the county of the counties where we're broadcasting to today, Loud, me and beyond or from anywhere in the country. Everybody welcome. Yeah, we did a little demo, um, myself and one of the other ladies, like there was a little team of 10 that are going to be organising it on the nights. But um, we did a little demo with one line and then we did Eileen's name in the candles and it was just beautiful. And that was only one line. So I'm really excited to see what it could be like when mm. they're all lit, you mm. know. Mm. And this is, a, of um, course, you mentioned is the lovely Eileen Rush, who we paid tribute to, passed away recently as well, who was a, a, a member of uh, the Drogheda Dolls. Um Candles in the wind, you know, the Elton John song, you know, are are these, you have to light all 9,000, are they lights? What are they? Okay, so that was the debate. Um, I suppose one of the things people were worried about was, you know, recycling and, you know, um, stuff like that, but the environment. So there are 9,000 candles, a thousand of them are from Pieta House and they will go back obviously to Pieta House. And then the other 8,000, um, they're battery operated lights and um, right. I got the 100 hour ones so that, you know, they'll last longer. Mm. They You can change the battery in them and we will be donating them all back to Pieta House as well as okay. part of like a kindness act for them so they can use around the country for their different events. Um, so there won't go to any waste. If I was to have 9,000 lit candles and <laughs> a gust of wind came, I don't think that there would be any vigil. No, no, no. And uh, Elton John wouldn't be singing about it, that's for sure. And no. knowing the Irish weather and the wind and everything would be impossible, yeah. of course. So that was kind of the yes. only real option. Yeah. If we're going to do this, we had to do it like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's so, great. It's great. And it's going to be, I'm just trying to picture it. It's going to be a sight to behold. Yeah, please God, like it all works out. Obviously, before something like this, I get really, really nervous because I want to really um, do the town proud and do Drogheda Dolls proud and, you know, and that's so, like, it is a nerve-wracking thing, but mm. hopefully, like, we'll, we'll it'll go well, you know. It will go well. The goodwill is with you all the way and what you're doing is a wonderful, wonderful gesture. It, it, it really, really and is. And it comes from a place of goodness and that's mm. like a has that's all you can do is just, you know, is try your best and come from a place of goodness. So You know, when you yeah. listen to news and you hear what's going on in the north in Drogheda Dundalk, Navin, the North East here, Ireland, the world, Natalie, you you despair at times when the focus is on the negative. And this is really where your Drogheda Dolls concept came from, from you personally, wasn't it back in 2017? Yeah, so it was just the constant negativity on Facebook, I suppose. And um, I'm a firm believer if you can't find something to go and, and, you know, create it yourself. So that's kind of what I did, but obviously not expecting so many people to have the same belief or feelings like um but we are one big kind of sisterhood and I mean, it goes beyond just the women in the town. So many men are involved now and, you know, like I feel that we have touched plenty of lives. I I really hope that we have and that going forward we have, but the one thing is it's all positive and um, 
we're trying our best to create positivity. Drada sometimes has that, um, you know, stigma of not being the best, but um, there's the best of people in the town. So I really feel like we have to try and promote her and our good people as much as we can. And that's that's where the Drada dolls come in because, I mean, there's just so many good acts every single day. And mm. so many times people put up like, I hope this person was a doll. And nine times out of ten, they are like if they put up a post. <laughs> because, I mean, the dolls are just doing mm. it for themselves or whatever they're out there helping each other and that's the main thing like how many members have you oh 16,000 I think but it, I, I don't like it's not about the numbers no like, but I, no, I but hold on a minute hold on a minute I know and, and you're a great one for, for deflecting I have to say that you never want to be at the centre of this but 16,000 just folks just contemplate that for a moment from the power of one from one woman to 16,000 and all these deeds like no don't no don't be all these deeds like I just picked out just a handful of them Pauline O'Neill with COPD who you helped enormously your donation to the Trader Centre for Alzheimer's Eileen Rush the late Eileen Rush uh, what you did for her for myself here Oxygen for Slav your little donations all over the place your gestures your the gestures the little things you do like I see you know somebody needs a washing machine somebody wanted a type of a doll talk about drawing the dolls you're there for them it's just it's just marvellous may I say simply marvellous thank you Jerry. but I do have a lot of women and that's the thing you know there's a whole tribe of us so it's um, I mean there's always someone to lend a hand and that's the main thing. I kind of am just the director, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> you are indeed. And what a director you are. I think we need more directors like you, really, you know, with power and to influence policy in Ireland in a greater way. You know what I mean? From, oh, look, you know what I'm getting at. At times I despair with decisions made and political acts and oh, stuff like this. It just gets to me at times. And then I see people like you and others and those 16,000 and people all over our region here and beyond. The great people who are doing good every single day, just behind the scenes quietly. Where would we be, Natalie, without the likes of it? I don't know. Like, um, I mean, sometimes I do get a little bit of slack from people, but it's generally like it's rare. But, um, you know, you do have some negative people saying like, oh, what's this spread and kindness or whatever. But and nine times out of 10, people do want to actually help others. And I think that's just human nature. There mm. is that side um, as regards like, I don't know, governments and different things. I honestly feel like they're just making it too complicated. There's just so many things that could be simplified to help everybody and not just certain bands of people. But look, you know, I'm not in political. I know that. I know that. But it's interesting you say that. And it's interesting you have those feelings. And many people would agree, which is, well, hey, Natalie, there's always big grudges. There's always the knockers. There's always the negatizers. There's always the ones who suck, suck the oxygen out of the room. Bad scramps to them. I don't care about them. Neither do you. Just do what you do. Bring kindness. Bring love. Help. Happiness. That's what life is about. It's short, this trip. We, you know that, Natalie. I know it. Most people listening yeah. do. We're not here for a rehearsal. That's true. Like, I think one thing, like, that Eileen Rush, like, that whole situation, like, um, I think she, her light just, I think it'll shine for a very long time, mm. but it does make you realise how precious one's life is and, 
I mean, do you want to leave this earth making a good impact on somebody, um, even if it's only one person or do you want to leave it bitter? And, you know, like it's so important if it's just one person you touch, then that's fine. Like it's a really good thing. Like and just I don't know, I think if everybody just played their part and did a little bit when they can it's not even major things it's just holding the door Mm. i mean donating to euro it's not major things but if everybody does it then we live in a better world you know we do indeed and the world is better for you and draw the dolls and all you're doing this is something to look forward to i'll be down to see you on friday evening i will uh i I look forward to seeing this it's on the steps of saint peter's church in drawhada in the heart of drawhada it's not a religious service it's open to everybody nine thousand lights will light for those who've lost their lives since March 2020 to remember them because some of them as Natalie said have gone with very little fanfare as they left this life but this is an opportunity for everybody who would like to to remember somebody to do it in a real practical type of way. Thursday 8.30 to 10.30 in the evening same on Friday. Oh my God you have done some good you really have and on it goes and on it goes. Natalie Kelly Thank you so much for joining me today and good luck with Thursday and Friday. It's going to be a wonderful success. Thank you very much. And hopefully, um, you know, um, people will find it therapeutic or helpful in their process of grief. And um, even if people, you know, haven't lost a loved one, maybe if they'd like to come down and just pay their respects to others. Um, I'd just like to mention a big shout out to Townleys because they've been so kind. um, And also obviously St. Peter's Parish Church and the deacon there, John Taff. Yeah, And of course, all my beautiful, lovely little dollies that have donated <laughs> for these candles, because without the dolls, um, it wouldn't have happened. This event couldn't have happened. No, it couldn't. It couldn't indeed. Good on you, young woman. Talk to you again soon. See you Friday. Thanks, Mary. God Thank bless you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Wouldn't she just do your heart good? Codaline and high hopes on your late lunch this Tuesday afternoon. Just reminding you, Drogheda Motor Show Saturday. It's on on Lawrence Street in Drogheda. 15 car dealers there on display. All the new models for 2022. A cottage market, live music, children's competitions. It's the place to be this Saturday. The Drogheda Motor Show live and in town to be enjoyed. Coming up on late lunch after two. I'm joined by Sheena Hattie. She tells me her touching story about her son, Connor and the assistance she received from Jack and Jill. You will be familiar with the campaign Up the Hill with Jack and Jill because we've been involved here on LMFM Radio for a number of weeks and many families across the North East have received support from Jack and Jill. I'm joined on Late Lunch today by Sheena Hattie. Hello Sheena. Hi Jerry. how are you? I'm good, thanks for taking our call this afternoon. Let's go back to March 2019. Tell us about your little boy, Connor. Our beautiful boy, Connor, was born um, on the 11th of March um, by Plan C-section. Um, it was a brilliant day. <clears throat> it was so calm and it was, I'll never forget the humour in the in the labour ward because um, when Connor was born, he was absolute carbon copy of my husband, Gavin. Um, it was a big difference from my, my first, um, the birth of my daughter, Emma, because that was an emergency C-section. So everything was just, you know, we were just so happy to have Connor safe and well. 
So he's he's born, everything's fine, happiness all round. But within a short space of time, you're in a bit of bother. Yeah. Um, when I, I I had Connor in Hollis Street, and when uh, we were discharged, we travelled to Drada, where I'm originally from, and my parents, uh, Connor and Catherine. Um, we're taking care of Emma, who was 23 months at the time. Mm. And we got there and we were in great form. It was St. Patrick's Day, 2019. It was a Sunday. It was a lovely warm day. Um, we went to collect Emma and, you know, I just said to Gavin, I really want to go home. You know, I'm tired. Um you know, and he was concerned, and I, I, my dad commented that I went very pale. Um, I said it's just I haven't slept in my own bed in so long, and just need rest. Um, but as we set off with our two beautiful children in the car, and we'd only gone a few minutes up the road, when I started fishing in the car, um, and what I found out was was rigors. Um, Gavin um, raced to Lord's Hospital and brought me straight to A&E and it turned out I had sepsis. My. So we had a, a small stay in in Lord's Hospital for a few days. Mm. Um, but I don't really talk about that much because our year got horrifically worse after that. Mm. Uh, it's a fierce thing to uh, encounter, and, and uh, I've heard other stories as well in my time about it. But look, the upshot was you, you over that, and then the focus was back on little Connor after a yep. few weeks. Yep. Um, when we eventually did get home, um, we tried to suck into a routine, and as every parent knows trying to get to grips with feeding and napping and and then we have a beautiful spirited child Emma who um, she was only 23 months old at the time so things were very busy um, but very early on about two or three weeks um, when Connor was two or three weeks old um, I noticed that feeding and napping were were very difficult um, particularly feeding and then when he did nap I joked to my mum that it was like he'd nap for 24 minutes um, she reminded me later that I I said to her I commented to her that he just seemed wired differently mm. but then I put it down to not having experience of a boy you know everyone says boys yes. and girls are different and you know we we justified everything Um but there just was something not right. Which brought you back to Temple Street. I'm just looking at the hospital starting in Hollis Street into Drogheda for yourself and then your third hospital in virtually weeks. You're back to Temple Street with little Connor for a, a, a barrage of tests. Yes, in between um, ending up in Temple Street a and on the bank holiday um, August weekend mm. 2019, I had brought Connor everywhere, uh, to A&E, um, GP, our wonderful GP, our wonderful public health nurses, 
Um, we had a couple of stays in Lourdes Hospital with temperatures. Um, I was never off the road with him. Mm. Um, I tried alternative therapies and everything you could think of. But the day that Connor turned four months old, he started crying and never stopped. So at four and a half months old, um, he got progressively worse very, very drastically and pretty much stopped feeding and everything to do with feeding and digestion was horrific. Mm. Um, So when he stopped taking a feed, I just said to Gavin, we're going to to Temple Street. That's it. I I can't do this anymore. Imagine a child that cries constantly. I don't have to remind you, you know, a child that cries a bit is is, is really, you try to comfort them, you try to stop them, you try to, what do you yeah. do with a little baby? What's up? You, you, you don't know yourself. But anyway, into Temple Street, those tests and you got a diagnosis. Yeah. So <clears throat> over three weeks, we got worse and worse news in Temple Street. He was a mystery to everybody. Um, our brave, beautiful boy had to undergo so many tests, blood tests. He had two lumbar punctures, which I, it's just horrific to even say out loud. Mm. Um, MRI scans, cranial ultrasound. Um, the teams in Temple Street were absolutely amazing, as were all the wonderful nurses of St. Pat's Ward. And on the 30th of August, myself and Gavin were called into a room with um, the neurology team and social worker. Because up until that point, we'd all been going down the route of reflux, colic and cow's milk protein allergy. And when they called us into that room, they said that Connor had a, a rare inherited life limiting disease called Krabby's disease. And that there was no treatment or cure. My, oh my. It's devastating news, isn't it, to get? Hell. Mm. Hell. Um, it, 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 it was like being in a film or I, I, you're just looking for the cameras. Like, this, this can't be happening. Mm. Um, it's a disease called Krabby's disease. And myself and Gavin are both carriers of the spelling mistake, the gene deletion. And we have a one in four chance of having a child with Krabby's disease. So Emma is our lucky miracle and Connor is was our unlucky miracle. Yes, yes, you had Emma and... She's fine. And then that one in four yeah. became Connor. Now, that day when pure devastation, she said, hell, you don't know what. Your world is turned upside down. What do you do? You're told in no uncertain terms that this is life limiting. Um, you were Was it that day or shortly afterwards you were introduced to Anne Riley from Jack and Jill? It was, that was a Friday. And I can't begin to describe how alone you feel mm. with future what's going to happen um, or how we could ever consider going home. In my mind, no, we were never going home. I was not leaving the bubble and the safety net of, of Temple Street and the care that we've received there and the 
the beautiful community that we had there. Um, and I just couldn't contemplate going home. I, was like, I just thought everyone was crazy to think that we would even leave because Connor needed 24-7 care mm. and he needed a lot of sedation and medication to help with neuropathic pain. Um, that's why he cried. It was neurological pain. Yes. And Anne, met Anne, the amazing Anne, on the next Monday. And all these people came out of the woodwork and said, we're here to help you. Mm. And I can't describe what that meant. We were just carried along. Our feet didn't touch the ground from then on as the wheels were put in motion to bring Connor home. They were with you in Retolt at your home. Could I say, you know, you're afraid to leave that bubble of the hospital, but what you had in Retolt, thanks to Jack and Jill and all those people, was just unbelievable. It was hospital-like, if I like to say, you know, that, that reassurance. Oh, it's so hard to describe. Our small kitchen was a hospital room. We had a hospital cot. Every medication you could think of, syringes, um, a suction machine, two of them, an oxygen machine, pumps for feeding because Connor was peg-fed. Um, everything was in our tiny kitchen. Um, but there was so much love. Mm. I know it sounds a bit corny, but there was so much love in that kitchen, in our house for Connor. Our front door was never locked mm. um, because our nurses were just in and out the whole time. And I remember Anne saying to us, you know, we're here to help you and to give you a break when you're at home. And... I nodded along, but in my head, I was thinking, I'm never leaving him. I c- how can we trust anybody with Connor? Because mm. myself and Gavin know every cry, every movement, any medication he needs. No, like nobody knows him like, like we do. We're never going to leave him. But <laughs> that quickly turned on its head when these amazing women... You did leave the house. You did go out and, you know, get away for a while, thanks to these wonderful people. Yes, we did. As I was saying, we went from, no, we're never leaving the house, to, you know, getting so familiar and so comfortable with the amazing experts, the nurses. We knew Connor was in the best care. And we'd, you know, get to do normal things with Emma. Um, like one Saturday we brought her for a swimming lesson um, you know the the little things that people now realise are big things yeah. for children during these Covid times we knew how precious they were before that like mm. access to play centres and forest walks and playgrounds that's what we did we tried to give Emma as normal a life as possible and then if she was in Montessori I I started just going to a shopping centre a coffee shop because I just wanted to be anonymous I didn't want to have to answer questions or put on a brave face um, just just to get out of the pain and the horror of watching your child deteriorating mm. 
and she's four and a half and she started school and she's curious and you, 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 there was a little light that Christmas in December. You were guest on the Late Late Toy Show and that was a memorable moment. It was. It was um, thanks to Jack and Jill who invited us over. Um, I'm not going to lie, it was extremely extremely stressful mm. journey over in Christmas traffic through Dublin, through Ballsbridge um, to get there. But it was magical when we were there and we really were on autopilot because we were trying our hardest to make memories. Mm. And that's all. We, we, we just kept going and everything was for Emma and Connor. And to have those few seconds of clips that were on the Late Late Toy Show and we've got beautiful photos. Mm. Um, Ryan Tuberty was an absolute gentleman to us and you know, that's it was magical. It's pri- it was, yeah, it's priceless, isn't it? You just so it's tough, but <sighs> yeah. mm. we have we have to You have those have and you'll always always have those. Just moving on he lived one full year, Connor, because he passed away on his first birthday on the 11th of March, 2020. He did. And as Gavin's dad said, he even accounted for the leap year. He lived for 366 days. Mm. Um, and, you know, they say it takes a village to raise a child. And it also takes a community Wonderful women like Jack and Jill, our friends, family, our neighbours, everybody to help a child die without pain and with dignity. And he died in our arms at home. Surrounded by love, surrounded by the people who cared for him and brought him into this world and was with him. And that team, I want to mention Jack and Jill again, those people who were just unbelievable in what they did for you and your family and I know you are forever grateful. Can I ask you just before we finish up about Emma, how she is and, you know, she's a curious little girl now. Does she ask you about him, about Connor? Yes, she does. She might go for a couple of weeks without saying anything, but she she says, I was the best big sister. I was Connor's big sister. Um, and Emma was so involved in his care and the Jack and Jill nurses were so amazing at involving Emma um, whenever they were taking care of Connor Connor had um, problems with secretions and would sometimes or a lot of the time as he deteriorated with means suctioning and Emma would pull up a kitchen chair and stand up beside the nurses and say Mammy I need my glove." Mm. the blue glove and she'd hold a torch and she'd help the nurses with Connor and it's so wrong but we didn't and we are not hiding anything from her because it is part of her story Yes, and she is the most resilient and loving and wild sometimes child but it's those moments that's our story. Yeah. And that's her story. And that's Connor's story. My word, you're a great woman to go through, you know, to relive with me for the last few moments here in Late Lunch. That 
year, that precious year, and well, all the knocks you took through the year. And I, when Claire and Anne and Caroline and Jack and Jill asked me what I say a few words, <clears throat> as you can probably tell, I'm very nervous right now. But I told them that I would take any and every opportunity to tell Connor's story and to talk about Jack and Joe and raise awareness. Because, like most people, we hear of this different organisations and charities. And Ireland is a very generous country for donations and very good at putting hands in our pockets. But no one really knows until you're in it. And that's why I will do anything to highlight these amazing women, amazing organisation, Earth Angels, as my sister calls them, um, because not only did they keep us standing, but they kept us breathing. And they've become a huge part of our family. And even when they were working on the front line and COVID, and they had their own families and maybe vulnerable family members to think about, they were still checking in with us as we were grieving. And I'll never be able to thank them enough. Oh, they're simply wonderful. The care continued and it does to this day. And your appreciation of them is clear for all to hear this afternoon. Look, I thank you for joining me. You've been fantastic, Sheena. And I want to say to yourself, uh, Gavin and Emma, that we're all thinking of you today. You've touched us deeply. And uh, thank you for telling your story. And I say it again to anybody out there who can help Jack and Jill in any way, on a personal capacity or business-wise, you're doing real good for families in need. Thank you, Sheena, for joining me. Thank you. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Cheers to the ones that we got. Cheers to the wish you were here, but you're not. Because the drinks bring back all the memories of everything we've been through. Amazing woman, unbelievable. I'm in tears. I can't uh, just to understand what that woman went through is impossible, uh, says another listener. And so on and so on they go. Thank you indeed for the messages for Sheena Hattie. She was indeed brilliant, wasn't she? She was something else. She'd take a tear from a stone. She would talk about a little boy. Connor and the great work of course that Jack and Jill did to help that particular family and they help so many others too 12 more days to Halloween Halloween, Halloween 12 more days to Halloween Silver Shamrock Siobhan O'Neill White, hello Oh my daughter would be delighted with you she can't wait for Halloween (laughs) (laughs) Do you know something I haven't heard that many bangers or booms yet touch wood when I touch me head it's all about to take off is it? Don't encourage that the poor dogs the poor dogs Mm. are actually driven dogs get so stressed at this time of year so if you do have a dog please think about how dogs hear things four times more than we do so I jump I mean I jump off the couch when I hear a firework so the poor dogs are devastated Um, Westgate Vets have some really good advice on their Facebook there about how to keep your pets less stressed for Halloween so anyone with a pet 
check that out. Very good to mention them because it is an awful time. Yeah. Bangers and the booms and everything. The poor creatures don't know what's going on. Anyway, midterm coincides with the Halloween. Siobhan, oh, yeah. uh, they're queuing up. I can see the little faces. What are we doing? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Well, oh, yeah. come on, help us. Oh, so actually lots to do. Um, like this time last year, we were really struggling. We were talking about going down to the beach, getting a few stones and doing some pebble painting. This year, we've actually got places to go. Um, we are going pumpkin picking next week. That's a, a thing now in Ireland. It's really popular. There's a place there up in Gurley in Mead, All Right Pumpkin. We're going up there. Um, it's more like it's that you're going out, you put your you put your wellies on, you're going out, you might get a bit mucky and you're picking your pumpkin. It's getting the kids out for an afternoon. Mm. So I like that to be outside. I don't mind if they get a bit dirty, that's fine. Um, for the night time, if you're very brave, and I know you did this, Jerry, pharmaphobia. Yes. I did it two weeks ago. Oh, oh my God. I just remember your face when you told me you had done it. And I went and did it. My teenagers were driving me nuts to do it. And I said to my husband, I'm not going without you. You're coming. Well, he was delighted with life because I was on him. I was on top of him for two hours. I was all over him. I was frightened. It was brilliant. So yeah. anyone who likes to be um, a good old spook, who likes to be spooked, pharmaphobia, for over 13s and adults, really, not obviously for small kids. But in the daytime, up in Causey Farm, they have puka spooka, and that's miles. That's for the small kids, and it's witches and pumpkins and nothing, you know, nothing. Okay, so there is that. a daytime element to it there yeah. for the smallies as well. Puka yeah. spooka. I can puka tell puka. you, I was scared. Louise and myself did it. <laughs> and not, I'm not joking you. Oh. It, it really would frighten the BJ. You know what I mean, yeah. out of you, yeah. No, I screamed for two hours. It was <laughs> like, but I have to say, the production of it is phenomenal. Yes, I mean, they've done an amazing job, and it's the same thing for the daytime. I mean, they they have that corn maze, and in the pitch black, that corn maze is terrifying. Mm. But in the daytime, if you're five and you're running around in your wellies, that corn maze is the best thing ever. So they're really making the most of the space they have there. So I think fair play to Cosby. Okay, fans. okay, move on. Like, what else have yeah. you for us? So Sky Park has an event after dark for small children. So this is unusual. Normally the kind of nighttime ones are for the older, um, for the teenagers. But this is called After Dark. It's up in Sky Park. Uh, it's a Halloween adventure with a few surprises. And it's under sixes go free. So this really is for all the family. So they're not going to they're not going to frighten you, you know, too much. So that's up in gorgeous, gorgeous Carlingford. We love Carlingford. Yes, so we um, were up there, weren't we it. ourselves? You and me yeah. and the crew. when we did. I do remember. Yes. Yeah. Um, did you do the zip wire? Oh, this, the biggest zip wire in Sky Park. Jerry Kelly standing under me with a microphone and I can hear him saying, there's no way Siobhan's going to do that zip wire. And I just, as I whipped past his head, I did it, might I add. And of the six of us, only three of us on the Lugway field, right? Only three of us made it the full way across. That's right. One of them. That's so, right. Anyway, so Sky... Here, Jerry Kelly, she'll never make it as I'm going past his head. Um, oh, you see, that was to spur you on and you did it, you see. Then. There's a bit yeah. of psychology in that. Anyway, Sky Park, Carlingford, <laughs> after dark, under six is free. Lots going on there right. for Halloween and the midterm break. Yes, go on. Rainy days, rainy days. Arc Cinema, you have your deal. Two adults, two kids, popcorn, movie, the whole shebang, thirty nine ninety five, or one adult and three kids. So you know exactly what you're going to spend. There's loads of films for kids out at the moment. Um, there's, there's lots on there. Uh, Drehead Arts is back. The Land of Children's Festival is on. They have, there's a Halloween parade. 
there is events on in Drehid Arts as well. So if you log on to Drehid Arts, you can see Drehid Arts under there. And Drehid has loads of stuff going on. Here's a fun one um, out in Wicklow. Alpacas. You can go for a walk with a bunch of alpacas. Mm-hmm. And they're the loveliest creatures. And you get to walk up the hill, up the mountainside with them in Wicklow. Uh, now that's for over eight. So okay. if you do have small children, there's another option, and it's a meet and greet where you get to feed the alpacas. Now, they're just, they're gorgeous creatures. They're really lovely. Um, and I know my sister was saying, well, they spit at me if I'm feeding them. Actually, we were, we were there last year, and it was lovely, and they didn't, I never saw them spitting at anybody. So they might be related to camels, but they're definitely not as spitty as okay. the camels are. And where are um, they? They're Wicklow. They're in Wicklow. It's K2 alpacas. If you just Google that, K2 alpacas. Okay. Uh, They're lovely. For mini breaks, obviously there's lots of places around the country. I don't want to go too far at the moment. With The way things are, I'm happy to kind of go somewhere close to home. So we're going up to Four Seasons in Carlingford next week and doing the Sky Park thing. So you have lots of, there's water adventures as well up there. So there's just lots to do in that area. Yes. Um, there's an offer at the moment. You can get 10% off with, uh, there's, a, there's a promo code MIDT10, I think it is. Uh, so yeah, we've got movie nights then. So Netflix and Disney have brought out lots of films for Halloween. And there is a Disney Halloween Muppet Haunted Mansion. So anyone who likes the Muppets, I love the Muppets. I love the Christmas Carol. This is the first time the Muppets have ever done a Halloween movie. So that just launched uh, last week on Disney. So we're waiting till Halloween weekend to look at that. There's a couple of movies, you know, the usual, the the witches and things like that. So yes. if you are having kind of days in, there's a couple of movies that are coming out in the next week or so that are just for Halloween, just for the kids. So between Disney and Netflix, there's plenty to watch. Plenty so to watch there. Yeah. Now, other things I just want to suggest, mm-hmm. and I know you've done them yourself as well. There's lots of lovely woodland walks mm-hmm. in the northeast as well that oh, you can yeah. get out and about. And you know, Siobhan, the colours of the trees at this time wow. of the year, nature all around. It's lovely, isn't it? Get yeah, a bit of air. I, I, this is my favourite time of year because it's not too hot, it's not too cold, and I just love all the colours. And things that you can do... We'd sometimes bring home leaves and get the kids to just make some art with them. We we love picking stones, painting them. Um, we, conkers, we love picking conkers. And another one we like to do is pine cones. Mm. So if you're walking through a wooded area, my kids would have a little bucket with them and we're bringing home all sorts of stuff. So every relative you can imagine is getting a glass of pine cones. Pebbles, yes, and yes. And they've no choice but to take it. But even picking up the the leaves with them and getting them to say which which tree is that leaf off it's harder you'd forget a lot of these things from when you're yes. smaller so it's kind of an education for the mummies and the daddies as well mm, mm. Townley Hall Balrath Wood just come to mind immediately there are plenty of others as well now what about Halloween itself where do you stand on the dressing up and the trick or treat um, I, I like um I like the idea of the kids getting dressed up and having a bit of fun, and that's grand. The trick-or-treating this year, most people I've spoke to are saying, yes, they're going to go ahead, but they're going to keep it small. Mm. So rather than, like, so maybe, you know, in 2019, you would have let the kids maybe run into the estate next door while you're walking behind them. This year, it's like, we'll just go to maybe a few houses. And even we were saying, we might just go to, like, their nanny and their auntie and people like that. So at least they... They're getting dressed and they're going out. But, you know, we're still having a lot of cases. And there was a school closed in Wexford there yesterday because they had so many cases. Mm. So I don't want to be 
you know, completely throwing, saying, listen, we'll just go out and pretend COVID doesn't exist because it still does exist. And two of my children have asthma, so I'm very conscious about them not getting it. Obviously, doing my best for them not to get it. So I wouldn't be letting them have the freedom normally they would have. Yeah. I think we'll do a bit of trick-or-treating, but it will be quite small. But yeah, let them get dressed up. So I have to say, I walked into a shop in the town the other day in Drogheda Town, and in the children's department, they had one of them killer clowns standing on top of the costumes, and I thought it was really bad form because you could see any small children coming in, running behind their mommy's legs or their daddy's legs. And I just thought, why would a shop, a supermarket, that's selling, you know, costumes for kids, put something that scary. It was frightening the kids. So I think sometimes Halloween can get a little bit too scary. Mm. And and like in the supermarket, I don't think it should be really that scary because that's where small children are going. You know, I chose to go to pharmaphobia and have myself nearly a heart attack. That was my choice and it was great fun. But for small children, I think, you know, we need to be mindful and I'm sure you've heard all the, the hoopla going on about this Squid Game show yes, on Netflix yes. and kids are daring each other to look at it. Um, and it's like my my ten year old asked me could she look at it and I because some of her friends had looked at it apparently. Um, but really, children do get scared, and we were saying explaining to her why that wouldn't be a good thing for her mm. to look at. It's, it's so gruesome. It's so horrible. Um, so kids kind of there's a bit of uh, there's a bit of daring going on at the minute and. With it being Halloween coming up, I don't know if this exasperated and they want to kind of see scary things. So I would say, just as a parent, be mindful that a lot of kids want to think they want to watch things like that. But really, yes, they don't want to watch things and like that. And you'll be uh, up in the middle of the night with them with nightmares and things like that. Anyway, my only uh, yeah. love for squid is uh, <laughs> is on the pan with a little yeah. batter on it and a short yeah. little fry and a lovely sweet chilli sauce. Oh, yeah. And that squid will do me any day of the week. Anyway, Siobhan, more, more information on mams.ie. Lots going on for the midterm and uh, the break as well and Halloween. Great, Siobhan. Lovely to talk Thank to you, you again. Happy Halloween. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye bye. Siobhan O'Neill White there from mams.ie. Yes, that's my squid on the pan. Yummy, 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 yummy. There, Louise, we've an update for you on the label situation. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us on Late Lunch. Well, are they liable or is it liable for the label, Louise? (laughs) For the coats? Well, I emailed the head office. I haven't heard back from them, but I did ring the shop in question. Um, before my jacket that cost me more in the sale than it did before the sale. Yes. And um, the lady apologised and said that they get a list of prices down from head office. So, you know, they, they're they not in charge of the prices. Mm. But seemingly, if you change the prices, you have to take the old labels off. Okay. And they didn't do that. Mm. So they said the next time I'm in, just ask for the manager and um, they'd... They're going to sort you sort out. Sort me out. So you'll get your nine quid differential. Well, I hope so. They didn't say that, but... Ah, I think they've made thump. a commitment. They've made a commitment. They have. Yeah, she was, she was very lovely. Ah, they have. So you were happy. You got a nice lady and who was sympathetic to what you said yeah, to her and yeah. understood. Yes, and she did admit that it was they were, right. were at fault. That's good. So all's well that ends well, and I'm sure it will end well. You haven't got the jacket with you today. You have the one it's from... Not, it's not cold enough. You have, the, you have the usual red one. What age is that one? one. Uh, a few years. 
Yeah, three years. Not that old. Oh, your new one's lovely. Your new one's lovely. That was lovely too, but the new one is lovely. Yeah, yeah keep but you the wanted new one. minus five. Uh, yes, not, not with you. <laughs> well, not not with me, you. No, not with you. I'd say... 15 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> not that bad now. Come on. Not that bad. Not that bad. Come here, talking about coats and coatings and batter. <laughs> you mentioned batter a while ago. Yeah. Squid. Why yeah. is that called calamari? Why is is that a fancy name for it? Calamari. Ayo. <laughs> You've calamari. Ayo. That's not calamari, Jerry. Squid so like is squid, squid is calamari. Why well why do they were call you know that's oh, called a new better, John. doesn't it? It looks better on the menu. You put on the menu squid. People look mm. at it and think, "What? Calamari. Oh, I like that. I think it's squid is calamari. It's, it's like, one and the same." We call you George. <laughs> <laughs> Ringo or Paul whatever you like darling <laughs> I think we're just going to have to yeah. make a proper version of that calamari oh song. no have you got it yes I think uh, is it Mr Dean I, I think the real version is called I don't know what it means but oh, it's Larry. Larry. Oh, Larry oh have you got it go on give it a spin oh Larry oh Gandari. Mr. Dean Martin and Volare, which means to fly in Italian. Yes, beautiful. What a singer. He will be my artist of the week. One week, I promise you. Anyway, heading to news, the weather and sport at three and late lunch. And afterwards, more from the rat. That's the boomtown, that is. And we hear about the draw, the classical, it's back. The IBAL Litter League. Ireland in its worst state with litter for 10 years, they say, this year. Shocking, isn't it? And draw, they're making the top five, yes. Top five worst littered towns in Ireland. It's disgraceful. I ain't one bit surprised. I am from the town myself. It's shabby, it's dirty, it's littered, it's neglected. I could keep on going. It really is. And there are some little bright spots here and there and people doing their best. But honestly, honestly, when you understand what's happened here in terms of murder and crime and violence, this is just, by extension, something else of the neglect of the town. It really is. And shame, shame on everybody who has presided over this I say and I don't take away either from individual responsibility it is all our responsibilities who live in Drogheda and its environs to keep our town clean and our own areas and not to litter as well and it's shocking to see litter it really really is Uh, especially at weekends in places I've highlighted it here before round bins uh, along the streets dumping you name it it is a scourge and something the time for talking's over. It's really time for action and a coming together and to really tackle the many issues that blight this wonderful town. It really is. And I just wanted to say that today, being a native of the town and as someone who loves the bloody seed and breed of the place. But I have to say, it's disgraceful. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. And you know what? With all the rubbish and the state of the place, rats. The Boomtown Rats are my artists of the week this week. 1978 saw the Rats release their second album, A Tonic for the Troops, which produced three big hit singles, like Clockwork, She's So Modern and Rat Trap. We'll be needing plenty of them on the banks of the Boyne, but the way things are. Rat Trap became actually the uh, the boys' 
first UK number one rock song. It was the first UK rock song number one by an Irish band. Did you know that? And the song I played yesterday, I Don't Like Mondays, written in response to a school shooting in California, also made number one in the UK in 1979. It was the band's only entry onto the charts as well, the Billboard Top 100 in the USA. However, it wasn't received well in places because of the theme of the song and what it was written about, and it never made the top 10 over there stateside. Into the 80s and Mondo Bongo was the next album to arrive. And their final big hit single, Banana Republic, scored a chart success as well around about that time. But by this time, to be honest with you, the cracks were starting to appear in the lineup with Jerry Cott, a founding member, bidding adieu to the other five the day before at the end of their massive 1981 world tour. But for today, and my tune from the Rats picked especially for you on late lunch this afternoon takes me back to 78 and that album a tonic for the troops and here it is just for you Oh, I think my head nearly fell off there. <laughs> yeah, back to the days of punk for sure, isn't it? Brilliant, so modern. Yes, uh, the Boomtown Rats, my artists of the week. Weren't they the most strange times? They really were when punk came in and that was riding high on the crest of a wave. Yeah, the Boomtown Rats, fantastic. And in Irish Music Month here on LMFM Radio, I'm featuring Irish artists all this month as my artists of the week. And this week, it's the Boomtown Rats. More about them in words and song round about this time tomorrow. Oh, we're certainly going to change the tone now on Late Lunch from the rats and punk to classical music. Yes, the Drogheda Classical is back. And joining me next is a good friend of ours on the show, Pauline Ashwood. Now, Drogheda Classical music, it's a staple of life in the Boyneside town for a number of years now, and it's all due to one woman. Yes, it's director Pauline Ashwood joins me again. Hello, Pauline. Hi, Jerry. How are you? Oh, you're chipper. You're chipper. The fans are back. They're in the house. <laughs> Indeed, we're at the bounce currently at the back of the church where the musicians have been rehearsing today so it's very exciting to be back and really looking forward to having live audiences with us on Thursday It is just welcome and so welcome indeed it's been a difficult time the online yes it's got you by but there's nothing to beat the frisson that happens between the punters and uh, the uh, people up on the stage playing the wonderful music isn't there Pauline it's just something to behold you're absolutely right, Jerry. And, and actually, sometimes it's, it's as much the silence of an audience as mm. it is the presence of an audience. You know, hearing the bit of breathing. Thankfully, we don't have too much coughing now with, with masks, etc. But it, it's just great to have the light of the eyes 
to have the spirit of people there and just it, it's going to make it so much more enjoyable for musicians and for me as a promoter and I think the audience are going to really really enjoy being back and celebrating live music again Now there are three concerts in the autumn series Wednesday the 8th of December Saturday the 13th of November working backwards and the first one is Thursday this Thursday at half past seven uh, who's uh, starring this week? We have three phenomenal Irish musicians Gemma Nivrian mezzo-soprano <clears throat> stunning, stunning voice, accompanied by Cahill Masterson on piano and Isolde Cooper Stockdale on cello. Now, you might say that's an unusual pairing, but actually it is the most workable and natural sonorities, if you like, or sounds between cello and voice. It's just stunning. And with the, of course, you know, the beautiful piano here in St. Peter's Church of Ireland. It just, the three work together so magically and they've got beautiful repertoire for audiences. Lots of glorious, glorious melodies and it's going to be super. Now, uh, the concerts, the three, are you selling them one at a time? Is there any season ticket? You know you're, you you can become a patron of Drogheda Classical as well. What's the story around all that? That's right. You can become a, a patron, a benefactor or a friend. Uh, you can look at our website, drogheda.classicmusic.com for more information on that. We've decided not to sell a season ticket just yet. You know, we're still in uncharted waters as it were I mean, we look optimistically to the future but at the moment we wanted to take it one concert at a time see how people feel see how you know the continued easing of restrictions goes we had a you know the, the last concert of the 2019-2020 season of course was cancelled that day it was to be on the 12th of March and we don't want to have a situation again whereby for some hopefully no reason we you know that we'd be yes. in a, a situation where we'd have to give money back to people or try and, you know, get into a situation of having to, um, you know, refund. It's yes. much easier to take it as a concert-by-concert concert basis. Uh, now, if, to go along on Thursday, it's probably best to book your tickets. Uh, are you taking any walk-ups to the venue or will that be difficult, given the restrictions? At the moment, it's, it's looking as if it will sell out. We're keeping the numbers low. Right. Um, because we want to give people the confidence to come back, to return to live mm. music and not feel that they're next to a stranger. So for that reason, we're capping the number of people that we'll be allowing in. So for that reason, I would suggest booking in advance. If there are tickets available, you could take a chance. You could call Drahid Arts Centre on the day and see how things are going. Um, and we will be able to facilitate card purchases only. We can't deal in cash on the door and tickets are 20 euro okay. per ticket. Okay, yeah, 20 euro, it's a snip at the price. It's a most enjoyable evening. I've been to so many of them and I've enjoyed every single one of them and it's great to be back in person. So com tickets available there, drahadaclassicalmusic.com as well. They're the two online uh, ticket sale places to go, Pauline. That's absolutely right. And the concerts are in St. Peter's Church of Ireland, uh, which is essentially our home in Drogheda because it's fantastic acoustic. And uh, yeah, as I look around the surrounds of the church, Jerry, it's just fantastic mm. to be here. It really is. And, mm. and to know that we'll be live is, is so exciting. And you have that wonderful Steinway piano as well, which just makes all the difference too. Oh, it's magical. It really is. So look, you're away with the first one. We'll touch base again. We'll just concentrate on this one for the moment. The second is the 13th of November and then the final one before the year end is on the 8th of December and more great um, musicians and performers coming to Drogheda to play classical on our doorstep. So we're reminding you again, drahid.com or drahidaclassicalmusic.com. I'm going to 
going to say goodbye to you, but before I say goodbye to the listeners, I, we can actually listen to Gemini Vreen, the mezzo-soprano, who's appearing uh, on Thursday night in uh, St. Peter's Church of Ireland. Best wishes to you, Pauline. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks for the time and support, as always. Not at all. the beautiful voice there of uh, the wonderful mezzo-soprano Gemini Vreen who will be appearing at St Peter's Church of Ireland in Drogheda for the first concert of the new season the autumn series Drogheda Classical Thursday at 7.30 that's almost a lot on late lunch this afternoon coming up on midweek Wednesday show Oliver Callan is with us you just don't know who he'll be, do you? The man can just be anybody. Anybody he wants. Anyway, Oliver's with us. Top of the show tomorrow. Chelsea Farrell is back, pulling with our parents. New series starting on RTE tomorrow night. We're going to hear all about that. Charlene Matheson is a lady from afar who's come to live among us here in the Northeast and has really found it wonderful and a wonderful experience. She's going to tell us all about it. And John Fitzgerald, yes, he is a new exhibition on the go. We're going to meet John again tomorrow on the show and more besides the important thing is that we have you with us for the a couple of hours from half one to half three on your late lunch we do appreciate your company every single day and don't forget if you want to get in touch with us out of hours late lunch at lmfm.ie is our email address Eddie Caffrey's raring to go with the dry wonderful music and more besides coming up stay with us here on LMFM radio but do come back and join us for Wednesday's late lunch from 1.30 have a nice evening the Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drada and Dorking Cabin. Let Blackstone Motors find the perfect car for you. With over 300 cars to choose from, we have the biggest selection of pre-owned cars in Drada and Dorking Cabin. Low APR and zero deposit packages available. See blackstonemotors.ie for more details. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync... 
things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.